Hey guys, you're back with Kira and this is my show Inspired Lives. We're here on Ross FM 94.6. Our guest this evening is the fabulous Emma Langford. Now guys, that was the fabulous bird song. So I'm joined by Emma. Emma, can you hear me? And Kira, hopefully everyone can hear me as well. Oh, perfect. Lovely. We had a few um, glitches there with the line, but we're just back on now. Emma, how are you? And tell us, where I'm are good. you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm sitting outside a crew. Um, it's a bar in Limerick City uh, with my little dog, Willow. Oh, what what um, type of dog is Willow? She is 100% a good girl, uh, <laughs> a rescue. She's a collie cross of some nature. Um, we don't really know. We got her um, in October 2020 during the pandemic, and she has made our lives infinitely better. I love it. There's, it's so important, I think, to have um, to have a pet that we just like cuddle up with and just we can just embrace and enjoy. But anyway, I'm just going to start by asking you: When did you discover your singing talent? Had you any influences growing up? Are you from a musical family? Just for people who um, may not have heard your music before, just to kind of tell us a bit about yourself. Oh yeah, um, I think I didn't really discover my musical talent much. My mother did. I was sitting in the sitting room when I was about six years old, five years old, and Tumbelina was playing on the television and I was singing along and my mom shouted in from the kitchen, is that you on the TV? And I said it was me and she was like, oh, you're actually very good. So, I love that. Um, it's really organic, isn't it? Yeah. So she, she was like, oh, she's actually she's got something going on there. So um, I guess it was mostly Disney and musical theatre and stuff that was my first influence. And like my mom always played a bit of guitar in the house and we always had music playing around the house, but nobody in the house really pretty good music as such so it's just a passion for a creative household um and a bunch of people like my parents are very kind soft um nurturing encouraging people so whatever we wanted to do they were once we were willing to work hard they were open to us doing whatever we wanted to do so that's kind of how it happened lovely and like when you were younger like did you have like um did you like sing at events or how did you kind of start to get yourself out there and get spotted how did how was that process I, I was really late to music, actually. I, I was in choirs and stage school and stuff, but I was always in the chorus. I never, I maybe got a couple of solos here and there, but mostly I was in the chorus. So I was, um, I was like eight, no, I was maybe, secret stage was I 21, I'd say, before I started making music in any sort of real professional capacity. Um, started going to open mics and stuff and got kind of noticed through them, I suppose, and got encouraged by other musicians in my community and allowed it to sort of grow organically from there. So just started, yeah, I did a degree in, in UL in voice and dance, but I didn't think I was going to be a musician. I thought it was going to be like an event manager or something. And then songwriting took me over and performing took me over. And that, that was the beginning of the end. Well, what I love is your music is very much so your style and I want to I want to ask you about that process for as an artist like first like being a songwriter how do you determine what your unique sound is going to be in style or how did you find yourself like expressing that or how did you come to to know what your your authentic sound would be um yeah that was an interesting process I suppose like I I started out making what I thought was an authentically me sort of sound and then the further into my career I got and the more I started working with other people and hearing myself back and coming to terms with who I was as a person um, I kind of made more active decisions about 
what it was I wanted to do. So I just, I mean, my sound really is just a combination of embracing my influences, uh, which are musical theatre, traditional music, folk music, a combination of all of those somehow combined are what my sound is. And then vocally, it's just about being honest about what my accent is and how I pronounce things and avoiding at all costs, even if I've written a soul song, trying to avoid at all costs, trying to sound American, which I'm not. Um, or trying to put on an accent I don't have or anything, which is very, very tempting a lot of times. And I I love how you bring that up because it is so true. We hear so many singers that have lost their natural... Um, their natural accent and their natural twang and you really haven't like you've really embodied the Irish p- part of your culture and I love that oh, thank you so much it's nice to hear yeah it's um, like it is very tempting for a lot of singers to drift into a different accents just because it's what's popular or um, it's sometimes it's actually even a vocal technique thing to make words sound different people just sing better when they have a different accent on and I'm lucky that I don't have to do that. I, I can somehow combine good vocal technique with still sounding like a woman from Limerick. A lot of the time now, I'm not going <laughs> to stand up on a pedestal and say I always sound authentically Irish or authentically Limerick, but I try my best. I have to say, I love it. And we had um, Birdsong on a few moments ago. And can you tell some of us about Birdsong? Um, I was watching the music video and the Irish dancing. Where did that concept come out of? Or what is the message behind this song? Um, so then I suppose the concept behind the video was a separate process to the concept behind the song. The song itself was about um, inner strength and accepting who you are at the core of your being. Uh, like, so the idea, the, the main idea of it is like who you are is like the marrow of your bones. You know, you are that person to the core of your being. So it's kind of about sticking with that and embracing it and sharing it with the world and allowing it to give you strength on days when you're not sure of yourself. And then the video was a collaborative concept with an amazing uh, woman called Jessica Lean, who actually sings on the track as well. She's um, She stars in the video as the older version of the young girl that is the star of the video. Um, I thought that concept so was really to... unusual. I have to say, I love how you embrace the idea of this this inner child and then grows yeah. up into this, but it is all the one, and I love that. I think that's really unique. It was a, it was a cool process because I'm I'm always so tempted to overthink the concept of the music video and overcomplicate it. And Jess was like, "No, we're just going to follow Leela walking around this beautiful location, being herself, being full of wonder and awe, the way children so often are in new places, and just really lean into that." And with the Irish dancing, it was like a kind of an embracing of, especially because she's on top of a of a church, a religious space, but she's being totally. <laughs> Sorry, my daughter's losing her shit. You're okay. <laughs> um, she, yeah, the concept was, I am going to bring her inside the bar so that she can stop yelling at a dog down the road. Come on, come in here, come on. Sorry, you're okay. <laughs> this is it, though. We're very, I, I love it. You're authentic <laughs> yourself, and this is perfect. Um, <laughs> no, I love this. Um, I have to say, like, I, like, your music videos are so full of detail. And oh, that, yeah. like, it's not just, like, there's there's a lot of, um, there's almost, like, mythology kind of real Irish Celticness coming through. Yeah. Is that yeah, something well, think... that you're, are you interested in, like, oh, mythology I'm or Celtic? Or... I don't know, I don't know nearly enough about it to call myself an, an expert by any means, but I am obsessed with it, and it's something I really want to learn more about. Um, so I'm trying to do that a bit more in the, on my next album, actually. Uh, the next album focuses on Irish women in history and wow. Irish women in mythology and those stories and how 
they can teach us something about our future and who we are as people. I think uh, stories of women in Ireland haven't played a big enough part in our narrative as a national Absolutely. Uh, people. So just trying to embrace that a bit more, bring it into a kind of a modern language and make it accessible to people and allow it to permeate our culture a bit more. And this thing, and while we're on the subject of women, um, navigating the music industry as a woman definitely has its challenges. It, I do find that you come up against a lot, um, how to put it, the wall is, it seems to be a little bit higher than normal, I think, circumstances for if you're a man in business. Do you find that in the industry or have you, what's your commentary there? Have you any? You know, I've observed a lot more than I've experienced. So I, I personally have had largely positive experiences. Obviously, there's always going to be a lot of kind of gendered stuff that happens and a lot of the commentary you get as an artist if you are a woman is based on your appearance or is based on and that's not a commentary on your art it's more uh, this idea that I don't know you're you're um, you're more susceptible to mocking and to dismissal if you don't look a certain way in the industry which I think applies a lot more to women than men um, and that's that's been my experience there's also the experience of touring solo as a woman is very very challenging trying to find accommodation that's safe and private um, and finding people that are uh, respectful can be very, very difficult. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of challenges and a lot of obstacles and, and there's an awful lot of still to be done in terms of having women taken seriously as artists um, and as storytellers and those stories being considered important. And the way those stories can be considered important is by giving them a platform and the same time that others get. This is the thing, and I think, like, have you any advice for, like, say, for even, like, myself, a young artist that is female going into the industry, what would you say would be your kind of, with some guidelines, or have you any, like, advice just for kind of to branch in in a way that's very much so, like, even just being true to yourself, have you any kind of, like, had you mantras that you used to use for yourself or before you go on stage, or how did you frame your mindset around that? Uh, There's a few things that I would firstly suggest is building up your community building your networks finding like-minded people and not changing what you do to find your audience either stick to what you do do what you do and you your people will find you so um i think early on in your career it's very tempting to change what you're writing about or how you're writing or to convince yourself you're not good enough because of who you are and you are absolutely good enough because of who you are so I guess it's a case of yeah allowing your people to find you based on what it is you do um, and then mantras before I go on stage God I don't know I'm still finding the confidence I need for those those experiences um, but I always just try and remind myself of who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing find your it's one of those life coach uh, slogans but find your why is very very important so are you going on stage be a rock star are you going on stage to prove something to the world are you going on stage to prove something to yourself what is it you are actually doing and remind yourself of that every single time you're in that dressing room looking in the mirror and just bring it back to that every time so so important i love it you're so real and that really comes across um and that's really inspiring for like young artists like myself to look up to that can you tell me a bit about like your i have to say your fashion is amazing and I love how you're just so badass and you don't care. You just you just go for it. And I love that. It's so, how do, it, it's just, I love it. Can you tell me about your style? Like, is there any kind of, have you style influences? Uh, 
to be honest, I like bird song when I wrote it. Absolutely honest truth is, I was wearing an outfit I really loved, and I looked in the mirror and I was like, I look badass, amazing, great, brilliant. <laughs> I love and that. then as soon as I stepped outside the door, I felt like shite and felt like I was being judged and felt like people were looking at my rolls and my lumps and my bumps and you know, oh, those like pants don't work with those shoes, or whatever. Even though I felt amazing before I even stepped outside the door, so. I think as soon as I wrote that song and released it, it was a real cathartic moment of accepting who I was and how I wanted to look and what it said about me. And I think fashion is really dismissed as a shallow, superficial thing, but it can be such an opportunity to say something to the world about yourself and to say something to yourself about who you want to be. So I guess my main thing with fashion is to stop dressing for other people, stop, and especially for women, stop dressing for men. Stop dressing for men. Just dress for yourself. Dress for what makes you feel good. And that's kind of how I've been approaching it for the past years. And I very rarely, unless I'm really feeling bad generally emotionally, I have very rarely walked outside the door feeling awful. And now we're going to hear from a lovely, beautiful song, The Winding Way Down to Kells Bay. And this one was also written by the fabulous Emma Langford. If you haven't heard this, you have to watch the music video. It's a beautiful scene just along um, Kells Bay. So we're going to hear it now. Have a listen and enjoy. Emma, that was the beautiful winding way down to Kells Bay. Can you please tell us about the beautiful story behind this? Because I, I, I saw you perform it and you talked about this. And just tell everyone the beautiful Yes, of course. Thank you so much. Uh, it was written inspired by my granduncle Eamon, who lived in South Kerry. Uh, we lost him in 2018 very suddenly to a heart attack while myself and my parents were visiting him. From We were we were just in Clarence Devine for a few days and we hadn't made it to visit him for ages and we had the most beautiful weekend together. The, the weather was gorgeous and we got to spend some time in the sea near his house and uh, went to visit the grave where his uh, wife was buried and it was just a very, very beautiful kind of a rounding off of a very beautiful life. So um, when he died, he, he went in for a swim in the sea and his uh, his heart was weak as it was and the weather was roasting and the water was cold and it was just a poor combination. So um, we lost him very suddenly and in the days following, I wanted to write something in his honour and in his memory and something that the next time I visit, he had this, sing song in the local pub that you have to sing local songs at and I wanted something I could share for the next time I visit so this song came out of me just kind of out of nowhere and I don't know where the melody came from or anything I just sat down one day and it, it happened um, I think that's a real song when you yeah. have that when it's when it's coming from such a, a real place and a, a real event I think that's what really makes a song like the melody is so beautiful and it has like it sticks in your mind. It's very mem- um, rememberable. You just you thank just you think of it. I, I love it. And Cheers, like thank you. You performed this um, live on the Late Late Show. Yes, uh, I got a chance to perform it in um, January. God, it feels like it feels like a lifetime ago, and it feels like very very recently at the same time. Um, yeah, I, I had the chance to perform it. I was invited to pay tribute to Ashley Murphy shortly after her murder, and. Um, I chose this song because it's a celebration of the kind of community that has and will continue to keep her family going. And it's a celebration of a life and a celebration of a life lost. Um, and a little story of grief as well. And I thought it was appropriate. And she was a phenomenal trad musician. And um, 
it just felt appropriate. And uh, Lucia, who played on the late show with me, actually was a close friend of Ashling's sister. So oh. it was nice. It was a nice little um, commemoration. I think it was it was it was a stunning stellar performance. Thank you. And what I loved is like it was the the simplicity of the setting. It, it was very stripped back. It was just you know you and your guitar, and it mm. really was felt. That's what I loved. There was a beautiful. Um, how would I put it? It was a lovely elegance in the way you delivered that. Oh, and thank it was you, Kira. so, it, for the, especially with everything that was happening, the way you performed it, it was just, it touched everyone. It was just one of those moments where you just sat back and just, because it, it, it has that lovely Irish feel too, but also it has that lovely, it's just a beautiful song. And you just thank delivered you. it so beautifully. And then, like, on the album, like, what track is this on the album? This is track, oh God, Kells Bay is tra- track five or six, I think. Somewhere around there. Around there. Because I was wondering, like, do you find, like, now placing the tracks, like, how do you go about selecting where you're going to place them or do you just kind of pop them all together? Is there, like, um, a story kind of line in the way you place your tracks or do you just... Uh, oh, no, there's a whole process. Because I'm an album artist as opposed to a singles artist, um, the which it's... Um, for anyone listening, that's, it probably seems like a ridiculous thing to say, but it is a different kind of thing because a lot of artists now will just release singles and that's fine because albums are very hard to sell. Uh, but yeah, I'm someone who likes to create a body of work before I release something. So with Sewing Acorns, there was a process of looking at what the journey was because it's kind of... like Sewing Acorns to me feels like a piece of theatre almost, like a journey through different phases in life. And yeah, there needed to be um, a connection in the stories that were told and then a connection in the style and the, the energy of the songs as well and I didn't want it to be too strong a jump from you know some songs in the album are these real happy-go-lucky upbeat sort of almost pop tunes and then some of them are real heavy folk like Kells Bay like sort of trad folk linting sort of vibe so yeah there's a process of a kind of conversation with a lot of different people about what what makes sense and what won't be too jarring and what will complement each other and, and all that kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's a mixed approach. Um, question for you. The musicians that would have played on the tracks, are these some of the musicians that are with you when you're touring? Or how is, the, like, what I love is that, like, you gel really, you obviously gel very well because the, the, the music and the instrumentation, it just, ma- it just mashes very well with your voice. And it's not overpowering, it's just... It's just delivered very. It's just very classy. That's the way to describe That's it. Nice. I love That's the. Nice. I love the whole process there. But how, like, how did you go about meeting these people, or how did you all come together? I. I mean, like you know, you get to a point in your career as well where you learn to work with different people. It's not about. It's not always about being best friends with everyone. It's about just being a professional and being good at what you do, and and, and having good producers as well. So, like, let's say Davey, who plays drums on quite a few tunes in the track, I don't know him that well personally, but he was brought in because he has the right sound and he has the right, the right attitude. So, um, in some cases, it's it's people like that who are phenomenal musicians who I don't know that well personally. And then in some cases, they're people who've been with me from day one. So, Alec, who plays cello, he plays um, Pernabuki, the cello solo on the track. He's been touring with me since 2016. Um, then there's Lucia and Maria, who play violin on a number of tracks together. And they have a very distinct sound, and I wanted that distinct sound on the tracks. And they will have played with me on a number of shows live as well. Other tracks, you'll have um, Pia Grahay playing fiddle because of his own sound, and we play together as well. So it's it's about 
yes, I mean that that kind of gelling isn't always isn't always a natural thing. It isn't always organic. It's not always a straightaway thing. Sometimes it, it comes from years of playing together, and sometimes you just have people that you just love dearly, and you know their voice is important to your music, so you add them in and and you make it work. And it depends from track to track and from musician to musician. It's just a process. I have to say, I love, I love how you. I I love how you just you just go for it and you really just like on stage I was watching um one of your YouTube performances that when um we were all in lockdown and just all of you guys together and you're like how you interact on stage and you were just you were all very comfortable and there was like I could see some improvisation as well and it mm. does seem that you do have like lovely kind of you do have a beautiful um relationship with those musicians around you and it can't you can't see because you have that lovely flow on stage. Yeah, I like to think I have a good relationship with all my musicians and all the people I work with. But again, it's about being a professional and treating yeah. everyone well. So, you know, you can be best of friends with someone, but if they're not being paid fairly for a gig or if they're, you know, their voices aren't being heard, you're not going to have that relationship. So it's about building that up and, and it being a two-way street as much as possible. So, um, yeah, by and large, I don't generally work with anyone I don't really like. <laughs> that is kind of a rule for the most part. Um but at the end of the day, you also want to work with the best musicians possible. And they're not always going to be your best friends, but if everyone's a professional, then you'll be fine. This is it. I think creatively, again, is like the instruments, like all they all blend lovely with the music and the melody. I was just going to ask you a bit about um, like your album. Um, when did you when did you write the album? The album was a culmination of work from, I would say, so Birdsong was actually written in 2016. I think that's actually the oldest song on the album, probably. Um, so that predates Quiet Giant. It predates my previous album. And yeah, it was, a, it was a culmination of work from different years, different phases, different times in my life. Um, but Bird Song didn't have its purpose in my life until closer to when I released the album. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. You have to honour what you were saying back then and what it means to you now and the reason why you might have written a song is is important. So, um, yeah, it took me four or five years to write Slowing Acorns and Quiet Giant equally took me a very long time to write. I'm always fascinated by artists who will write and produce and release an album within two years because it's such a process for me, such an emotional process, but each to their own, I suppose. This is the thing, and I have you have a beautiful track as well, Demon Darling, and we're going to be mm. hearing that in a moment. Can you tell me something about the process of writing that song? It's quite quirky. <laughs> uh, I was sitting in the Cork, uh, the English market in Cork, when I wrote that song, and I was looking at the comings and goings of people and thinking about the choices we make in life and, like, you know, the whether they're yeah, drink-fueled choices or choices made in the state of frenzy or chaos or whatever we make, we make these choices sometimes and they're not always the most logical thing to do so Demon Darling is kind of about that it's about the demons we have inside us that make those choices for us sometimes um, and about remedying that and taking those demons in hand and keeping them under control and having a bit more control over your life in that way um, so it's a, it's a dialogue so the verses in Demon Darling are telling the story of this person making poor life choices and then the chorus is someone telling them you need to relax, you need to calm down and you need to get this under control. I love it. Well, here we are. Demon Darling, enjoy, guys. Hey, Emma, are you still with us? I am, I am. 
Fabulous. Um, that beautiful song. Have you any, was there any other little like, in your mind at the time, was there any other little things that were, that were influencing that song? Had you any kind of sound or any inspiration behind that? Behind Demon Darling, is it? Yeah, had you anything, anything else as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I wanted to try and distill the kind of Irish party vibe to it. Like a proper Irish party where you'd have an old trad session going on in the corner <laughs> with a few friends kind of thing. Um, that was kind of it, really. I just wanted to try and capture a bit of that madness of like a big night out and having a crack and losing the run of yourself a little bit. Uh, aside from that, I can't think of anything really sound-wise that, that inspired it. Um, it there's a, it's beautifully just, upbeat. I love that. I love the tempo of it. It's, for, it's, it really makes you want to get up and just dance. I love that. Well, that's, that's the kind of the funniness of it. Like, the song is about being in that mood and trying to calm yourself down, but then the song makes you want to be in that exact mood. So there's an irony to it in that way. This is the thing. And have you any events coming up that we should all know about? I know you're in the Roscommon Arts Centre next week. Yes, I'm on, in Roscommon Arts Centre on the 13th. Aside from that, I've got a few other shows coming up. Uh, I'm going to be playing in um, Mike the Pies in the Stowell on the 12th of May. And I've got a beautiful songwriting workshop in Valencia on the 1st of May. Or the 30th of April, sorry, and then a show the 1st of May. Both, they're part of this one beautiful songwriting and storytelling festival happening in Valencia in County Kerry. And, uh, and then I'll be in Nina Earth Centre the 23rd of June. So that's, that's kind of um, it for what I can announce at the moment. I'm heading over to the States in August, but I'm not allowed to talk too much about that until everything is set in stone. So I love that. And then I saw something on your Instagram, your social media as well. We can find you. It's Emma Langford Music, isn't it? On, on Instagram. Yeah, if you look for Emma Langford Music, you'll find me nearly anywhere. And are you on, you're on TikTok and you, we can get you on Facebook. Tickets wise then, if we want to get tickets, what is your website? <laughs> Oh, go to emmalangfordmusic.com forward slash tour and all the information and ticket links are there, I hope, I think. Beautiful. Um, you had something on your post on Instagram. What were you doing yesterday? Or can oh, you tell us? So yesterday, I, yesterday I got to announce that I'm going to be part of Ireland and Music. So it's a gorgeous series that happened on RTE in 2020. People might know it from having seen it then during the pandemic it was such a beautiful release from uh, a weird stillness it was a celebration this explosion of Irish music at different locations different collaborations happening around the country so they went for it again and there's another season of Ireland music happening this year uh, Easter Monday you'll be able to see me working with Stockton's Wing on a pier in beautiful Labashida in County Clare but there's artists of all different disciplines different genres different styles coming together some of them are spoken word some of them are traditional music some of them are hip hop and all working together uh, in different gorgeous locations around the country. So Easter Monday on RTE1 and on the RTE player, you'll be able to see all of our performances. Perfect. And guys, if you want to keep updated with Emma, follow all her socials mm-hmm. and yep. stream the song. Download yep. the songs, guys. They're beautiful. We're going to have Fleetwood Mac now, Go Your Own Way, followed by another one of Emma's beautiful songs. Emma, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your wonderful advice and also your beautiful stories i really i think you're an amazing songwriter you're so gifted you really carry you're an inspiration for irish artists you really are and i guys stay watching because emma is blowing up like she's (laughs) she's going everywhere so please like just tune into her music she's amazing so we're gonna have fleetwalk mac go your own way and thank you emma thanks kira Best to look. Mind yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye now.
I love that song, Go Your Own Way. And we have our next one, Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Because we do. We really do. Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. And up next, we have Goodbye Hawaii. And our next track is Nina Simone because Emma would really put a spell on you. <laughs> I love her voice. Um, here we are, Nina Simone. Guys, thank you so much for listening in this week to my show, Inspired Lives. I had the amazing Emma Langford and I'm so grateful she came on. She's so inspiring. I love her style of singing. I love her music, her beautiful handwritten poetry. That's what I would call it, handwritten poetry to music. Thank you so much again, guys, for listening. 